Well, welcome everyone. It's good to see everybody in the house of God today. It's good to be here and worship the Lord, sing praises to his name. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to continue on our series about talking about building the kingdom. Building, it's time to build is what the Lord told us. And it's part, and I put a question mark because I forgot what part it was. So it could be part six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, whatever. It's part question mark. That's going to be where we're at today. But we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to start out this morning um, and just set the tone. I know you guys probably could recite this verse because I read it every day for the, or every Sunday for the last two months. But Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being knit, fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. We're, we, we've been talking about laying, a found, laying on the foundation, building a foundation, and we're going to continue that path today. But what we're really talking about is we're talking about building the church. The, the church, the, the holy temple, a dwelling place for God and the Spirit. We, we laid all these pillars, these foundations that we have, the word, um, prayer, everyone sharing their faith, the expectation of miracles, embracing suffering, and being led by the Holy Spirit. But I want to go into a little different vein today, I guess if you want to call it that. I want to dig a little bit deeper in what is the church? Right? We're not, we're not going to get into this whole exact thing of purpose and plan of the church. We'll touch on some of it, but I want to look a little bit deeper into it today. What is the church? Is going to be, this is going to be part one of that. The next part is going to be, what does it mean to be a holy temple? And the third will be, what is a dwelling place of God in the Spirit? We're only going to get to the church today. We'll talk about the next two in the consecutive weeks to come. But if you've got your Bible, go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 16. I want to set some... I don't know if you call them boundaries or some things when we're talking about building the church, right? Because I think there's some key points that we need to look at in the Word of God that direct us and lead us. Um, you know, you see all the things that we, these pillars that we talked about, they're these support systems that in the church, prayer, we're, you know, evangelism. The word, they're like, they're like what supports the church. They keep it in, in conjunction. But I want to tell you, they don't build the church. They don't build the church. I'll show you in the Word of God what builds the church. They, they, those things are not bad by any means. I don't, want to, I don't want to even make that minuscule, right? They are good things and we should do them, but they're not what builds the church. They keep us, if you want to go... I guess my best explanation, they keep us in a place that allows the Holy Spirit to be active and to move, right? Go to, I told you to go to Matthew 16 already, and we're going to start at verse 13. Jesus, when Jesus came into a region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, What do men say that I, that I the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then he turned, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, 
the son of the living God. I want to pause there for a, for a second. We're going to talk a little bit about this. The word Christ means the anointed one. You know, the priests in the Old Testament would be anointed with oil when they were consecrated to the Lord. But you also see that later, a little bit later, farther down, they started anointing kings with oil. You know, Peter says that we are priests and kings unto our God. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> we're not Christ. We're not the anointed one, but we are anointed, right? We are anointed because he now is in us. He dwells in us when we become born again. That's where the anointing comes from. Peter had this great revelation about Jesus being the anointed one. I really think he did. He, he did this, but he also had this revelation that Jesus was the Son of God. Not just the Christ, but he was the Son of God. He was the one. Peter, he had just had this revelation that Peter was the one. He, he knew that Jesus was the Christ, the anointed one, the Son of God. Jesus was the one of, that God had spoken in times of old through the prophets. Peter realized this. He had this revelation, this understanding. Wow, this is the real deal. He is the real one. But I think it's it, as important as that revelation is that he's the Christ, that he's the Son of God, right? I think we can overlook that sometimes. There's a, little, there's a little snippet here that the Lord really showed me, and I loved it. But I think the most important part of this revelation is, is that he said that he is the son of the living God. He's not the God of old. He's not the dead God that's in the grave. He is the living God. I mean, when you, when you think about God is alive, and he's still alive today. He's moving He's doing things. He's not sitting in his chair. Well, maybe he is. <laughs> but the implication that God is alive and he's moving and he's doing things, he's in, in us, right? I want you to hang on to that for just a second, that we don't serve this a dead God. That can, can't do anything. We serve a living God that's building a living church. A church that is going to continue to grow. Right? Not, and I'm using this context for here for us at Foundation Church, but it's also the church is universal. It's worldwide. It's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it a little bit farther down in Scripture. Um, but go to verse 17. Verse 17 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You see, it wasn't a natural thing that, that revealed this to, Christ, to, to, to Peter, that Jesus was the anointed one. It wasn't a natural thing. It was... The, the Father is the one that revealed that to Peter. Right? We can have all kinds of revelation from reading the Bible, 
We can have revelations from all kinds of different things. People can say things that, that, come, that make it like, this is alive to me, right? But if God doesn't reveal this to you, it really kind of is like, man, but when you have that revelation from, the, from God, you can, stand, you can stand up and say, no, he is the son of God, the son of the living God. He is the Christ, the anointed one. Right? Now, now, implication here, bring this back to yourself. When you have a revelation of who you are in Christ, let that sink, I'm going to let it sink in for a second. When you have that revelation of who you are in Christ, you can't move from that. You'll never let that leave you. It, it, when God gives you that revelation, right? now we have to partner with it. Some of the ways we partner with it is prayer, the word, teaching, you know, things like that. But when you receive that revelation knowledge, right, it's, and, it, and I, I, you notice I'm not pointing to my head because it is here, but it's really here. It's in your heart. When you have that revelation knowledge that Jesus, the anointed one, the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of the living God, when you have that, you'll never move off of that. People can't sway you from it. The implication, I guess, is what, I'm tr- what I was trying to get is natural things. We can study and we can read the Word. We can have all these things. We can read the Bible from front to cover, you know, every year. Or f- from front to cover, from front to back. <laughs> we, can, we can study and memorize Scripture. We can do all of those things. We can pray. We can evangelize. We can teach people the Word of God, right? But we have to have the revelation part of it in us. It's got to be inside of you, right? That's what changes life. It's the, the revelation of Christ is really, I, I, I kind of liken it to the anointing. When you have that revelation, you can share that. And it's just like, man, you just shared God with me. Wow, that was so cool. I mean, nobody's ever experienced that when somebody is preaching or teaching. It's like, I get it. I understand it, right? It's not because I'm smart or Michael's smart, or he read a lot of Bible verses and he knows how to quote them. It's because the a living God is now part of it. When God shows up, you just can't let go of it. When God shows up, you just can't let go of it. You just you you you, you just you have to you have to go in that direction that He's leading you. And I'm not saying you know whatever that little thing is. When when you have a revelation and an understanding of something that God has put in you through the Holy Spirit. You, you just, you have to chase after it. You have to pursue it. You just, you have this inner burning desire to see whatever that is fulfilled in your life. Remember, flesh and blood have not brought us wisdom. Wisdom, but I, I'm sorry, the revelation brought from God is the wisdom from heaven.
Why did I go through that whole spiel? Because <laughs> this is what the Lord wanted us to read today. This is where he wanted us to get to. Verse 18 is the start of it. Um, we need to get this revelation. We need to have this sunk right in our innermost core being because this will keep you from falling in the ditch on this side or on this side. This will keep you on that straight and narrow path um, when it comes to building church because that's what we're doing. We're, we're just we're building we're, as, the, as the Lord leads. But verse 18, we're still in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He says, And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Right? This is where I wanted us to get to. Did you catch this? Did you catch the revelation about building here? What's that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. On this rock I will build my church. The key is, the key is, is, you know what? Okay, I'll share a story about yesterday. Me and Michael were here doing some stuff yesterday, and we were... Um, we got a new TV for the children's room donated to us, so we were hanging the TV on the wall, and we were doing some work. We were building the church, right? <laughs> right? You know what? God built the church yesterday. He added to the church yesterday. We were in the other room, and all of a sudden I heard some guy, Hey! Okay, what's going on? So I come out here, and here's a guy, walked right in the building, stood here. He was cold, he was out walking around, Stood here, was cold, was kind of down and out. Me and Michael spent, what, an hour probably with him. He confessed Jesus as Lord. Right? See, we were just here doing what we thought was building the church, and God really brought somebody to build the church. Right? And the Lord added to their numbers... I, gotta, I have to share this, Michael. Can I throw you under the bus a little bit? <laughs> so we, 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 I, after, after the whole time, we, we sat there for an hour, talked about it. It was great. We got to pray with him. He stood, stayed around and helped us finish doing what we were doing. And it was, it was wonderful. The, guy, the guy's name is John, so keep him in prayer. Um, he, he said he was going to be here today, but that's beside the point. It doesn't make no difference. We'll keep him lifting him up. But um, what, I'm try, what I'm trying to say was, Michael, we went and dropped him off at a place that he's staying at, and um, we turned around, and Michael goes, man, that doesn't happen every day. And I said, I rebuke that. <laughs> right? Because the, the, what does the scripture say? He said, and the Lord added to the church daily. Now, he, he understood exactly what I wasn't mad at Michael. It was just, no, we're not going to believe that. We're going to believe that God is going to add to the church daily. Right? We need to stand on that promises. But what did he say? He says, on this rock, I will build my church. Right? We, we can partner with God, and we do. We pray. We, we do things. We're available. We minister. We share the gospel, which we did yesterday. We evangelize. We Expect the miraculous. We wouldn't have prayed with him for healing if we didn't expect that stuff to happen, right? But what I'm trying to say is that God is the one that's building this, right? All those things that we do, if we, if we just took it and said, I need to pray, we get into that, that, that whole, yeah, I'm going to get way ahead of myself, my back up. We often, we often refer to the, it's, well, this is our church. 
This is my church, right? Do you know that that's not right? It's his church. I never thought of that until yesterday. God said, no, this is my church. Oh, praise the Lord, right? Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It doesn't say that we don't labor. It doesn't say that. It says they that labor in vain. It doesn't say that the watchmen shouldn't stay awake. It says it's the vanity if he does it without God. Right? We can do, is it, in verse 2 it says, is it vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the sorrow, the bread of sorrows for he who gives his beloved sleep? Right? Here's what's not Okay, what did I do? Electronics, you gotta love them. <laughs> Here's what's not happening in this text, right? A lot of people believe that oh, on this rock, on Peter, we're gonna build this church. That's not what the Word's teaching us. Jesus is not building the church on Peter, though he used Peter mightily, right? Yeah. Peter preached a sermon and 3,000 people got saved in one day, and he wasn't even nice. And, that's, and, they, and that sermon took three minutes. Peter had this revelation. And that revelation is that Jesus is building the church on the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So this is what we're building our church on. The anointed and his anointing, right? The anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. This is what we're going to build on. We're building on our church. If we build our church on reading scripture and prayer and evangelism, etc., those are all works. They really are. Those are works, right? Again, I'm going to say this again so I don't get taken out of context. They're not bad. They are good for you. They keep you where you need to be. We need to do those things. We need to discipline ourselves on those things. But we will not build our church on those things. Those will not be, the Christ is the one that's building our church. Right? I said that we need to have this revelation, right? Because we need to have this revelation that Christ is building the church. Because what it does is it takes us out of that if I, if I only if I only prayed more, if I only read more, if I only evangelized more, if I only shared my faith more, if I only um, expected more miracles, if I only, if I, if I, the list can go on and on and on, right? If we build our foundation on the if I's, we're going to miss it, right? Because who's building the church? Christ. Those things that I talked about, those all are good. Again, I have to stress this. They help us stay connected to what Jesus is doing, 
right? They lead us when it's time to build, when it's time to do things. They show us how to partner with God and with what he's doing, right? They're, they're not bad. I, I, I got to make sure you get that. I've heard this said many thing, times before. You know, I, they, the prayer, the, the reading the word, they lead us when it's time to do and how to do things, Right? What we don't want to do is we don't want to do something and expect God to bless it. We want God to put his stamp of approval on it and say, okay, it's already blessed, we're in, right? We want to do it when he says to do it and how he says to do it. That comes with, and you can use that same analogy in reading the word. You can use that same analogy in prayer. You can use that same analogy in sharing your faith, right? When God says it's time, you go do it, right? It, now, if he, never tell, if he tells you, ne- if you never hear him tell you that you need to read your, the word, you're probably not hearing God very well. <laughs> we need to do what he's telling us, and it's already blessed. It's because we have a, this true revelation of the word and prayer. We need to realize that those things are there to keep us in him and to help us hear his voice. We're back to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19. He says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. I would venture to say that that scripture is probably mistaught and misused. I'm not going to teach a lot on it, um, just because it can get really, but it can be mistaught and misused in errorous ways. We're just not going to go there today because we don't have time. But here's the thing: How many of you want to have the keys to the kingdom of heaven? Okay. Can I tell you that you already have them? You already have them. You know, you, you, I, I, I'm sorry, I just had this flashback of the old pictures with Peter and the keys. He's up, Peter's always got the set of keys with him. The old Catholic churches, they have all, you know, the saints all have their keys with them. Sorry, I just had this flashback picture in my head. <laughs> um. He already gave us the keys. What's the key to the kingdom of heaven? How do you enter the kingdom of heaven? The keys open the door, right? What's the key? Jesus is the key. He's the way to heaven. The key is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. The key is that Jesus is the son of the living God. These are the keys to the kingdom. When, when, when someone gets this revelation that Jesus is the, the uh, Christ, that Jesus is the son of God, are they not being part of not building the kingdom? 
When, when someone confesses that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, did the kingdom of not, God not just get built? Yes, it did. It added to, got added to. Verse 20 says, And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. I don't understand that verse. I don't get it, but I'm, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> but that's what the Bible says, so don't tell anybody what I just told you. You, you, you know, okay, so, so I just have this, um, this is a thought in my head. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just drops things in my mind. But why do you think, I think maybe he said that to him because how are we supposed to have that revelation? It's through the Father revealing it to us. I went down a rab long rabbit trail, talked about the church, that it's, it's his church. He's the one that's building it. We're, we're, we're just along to enjoy the ride, really, you know. We, the word church is, it's in the Strong's, it's called a calling out. That is a popular meeting, especially a religious congregation, a Jewish synagogue or Christian community of members on earth or saints in heaven or both, the assembly, the church. It's the word ecclesi... Yes, that word. <laughs> I, I have a hard time pronouncing them. Beth? Ecle, ec, oh, I can't. Ecclesia, ecclesia there you go. <laughs> the Greek word. It's, a, it's said that it's a derivative... Derivation of the word is generally said to be from the Greek kirikon, meaning belonging to the Lord. But this derivation has been too harshly assumed. It's probably connected with kirk, the Latin circus, circulus, and Greek kukulus, meaning the congregations were gathered in circles. I, I just thought that was interesting because they used to gather in a circle. And it's a, yeah. Yeah, it was just a... Ecclesia, the Greek word for church. It originally meant an assembly called out by the magistrate or by legitimate authority. Hmm, that's interesting. It was in its last sense that the word was adopted and applied to the writers of the New Testament to the Christian congregation. Um, one of the commentaries I read said that one of the, in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom, he says the kingdom of heaven is like he says a lot of times he's referring to the church. It's not the same Greek word, but when you look at it, it's very similar. Um, the kingdom of heaven, the church is like the kingdom of God, right? The, the, it's Christ's household, according to Matthew 10.25. The church is the salt and light of the world. The church is Christ's flock. Its members are branches growing on the Christ the vine, The day of Pentecost was the birth of the Christian church. <clears throat> um, before they had, they'd all been individual followers of Jesus, right? They, they, they followed Jesus because he was here, right? Pentecost come. Now they come together as a congregation, as a group, as a separated, a called out thing. This is the birth of the church, um, 
before they had been individuals, now they became his body animated by his spirit. On the evening of the day of Pentecost, the 3,000 members of which the church consisted were apostles. They were previous disciples, but they were also new converts. The church is those that believe in Jesus. The real church is, consists of all who belong to the Lord Jesus as his disciples and are in, one in love, in character, and in hope, in Christ as the head of all, though as the body of Christ it consists of many parts. I, I, I brought this up today because I wanted to make sure that we had this understanding that this is Christ's church. He's, gonna one, he's the one that's leading and directing what we're doing. He's the one that's going to build the church. We're going to partner with him. What does that look like for us practically? What does it look like practically, right? How is Christ going to build the church? How is he going to, are we going to partner with him? You know, there's, there's many things that the Lord has showed me, and over time we'll start talking about some of those ministries that I think that God wants here in um, Foundation Church. We started some of them today. You guys all noticed there was somebody at the door most of the time when somebody came in today. That's a start. That's a great ministry. It's a great place to have to introduce new people, right? There, but there's more, you know, more people for worship, more children's ministry, um, a teaching ministry. We want more teaching than we are. We have a lot already, but we want more of it because there's going to be more people. As you can see, there was, what, 18, 17 of us back there today. It was, it was busy, <laughs> right? Fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. All those things are ministry opportunities, right? As the, Lord, as the Lord reveals those things and as he reveals them to you, what particular area you're supposed to be involved in, um, I, I just ask you to come talk to me, Right? Because I bet you it's not going to be too far off of what God's already shown me. Right? Because he placed every one of you here as he wills. For a purpose. One is to receive, the other is to give. So as, as you're praying about this direction, what, 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 what part do you play? Just be obedient. Just say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And then I'll say, okay, do it. Sorry. <sighs> Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Father, we, we thank you that you are building this, this church. You are building this body, Father, that you have placed every member here just as you have chosen, Father. Um, we don't know times and seasons, Lord, but we do know that you... Uh, you have orchestrated all things for good, Father. So we, we thank you. We look forward to your, um, your moving in the, in the saints, Lord. We look forward to um, direction and guidance, Father. We ask for wisdom from heaven to just fill everybody today, Lord. Um, what their part is to play, Father, if it's the ministry of helps. if it's, It doesn't have to be significant. It doesn't have to be, I'm starting a ministry that's going to lead 15 people or 20 people. It could be just you doing something simple, Father. Or them doing something simple. Lord, we, just, we thank you again for this time. Um, we praise your name.
We thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.